All right, any uh, Curious George fans out there? <laughs> Four, five, that's how my kids know that song. If you don't know, that's Jack Johnson from Curious George. Um, chose that song because there's some pretty cool words in it. I don't know if you caught them. It says, who's to say what's impossible? Who's to say I can't do everything? Well, I can try. I want to turn the whole thing upside down. I'll find the things they say just can't be found, and I'll share this love I find with everyone. Upside down, who's to say what's impossible and can't be found? Well, <clears throat> welcome, uh, you guys, if you're here, and as uh, Rusty Shearer, we're in this last series, talking about discovering who you are. And um, if there's anything or anyone who turned everything, everything upside down, it's Jesus Christ. And when he came, he revealed a life that seems impossible. But all things are possible with him. And so I think uh, this message that I'm going to give you today is definitely one that turns everything upside down. And so you're going to need a little help from God's Spirit to give us understanding on this. So let me just uh, recap this before we dive into the final message. Three weeks ago, we said if you're going to dis discover you, you need to understand the natural you. And we realize that the Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ created every one of you first in him, meaning you're his idea. You are designed specifically exactly as he wanted you to be, your DNA and who he made you to be. So you're created in him, through him, and created for him. You have a purpose. There is a reason for your existence on this planet, and it is for him. Then secondly, two weeks ago, we realized if you're going to discover who you are, that once you put your faith in Christ, there is a supernatural, a spiritual transaction that takes place. And as I've been thinking about this, I don't know in my 30 years of ministry if I've ever really said it this way, but I've, I've, it's true. Christianity is nothing less than a true spiritual experience that transforms you. That's what Christianity is. So anything less than that isn't Christianity. Just going to church, just trying to be a good person, being religious, doing right things, that's, those, that does not make you a Christian. Christianity is when you receive the Spirit of God inside of you and you're transformed. And your spirit, your human spirit, is knit together with his spirit. Now what we learned two weeks ago is he said, and as soon as that happens, the Spirit gifts you. He gives you gifts. And every one of those gifts are for works of service. That you're supposed to be doing something. So if you're a Christian in this room, you, as Mike shared last week, you do have a spiritual gift. You do. And it's for everybody. It's not for you. It's for everybody else in this room. It's for the benefit of the body. So you gotta, if you're ever going to discover who you really are, you need to discover that gift. And so Mike, which I thought did a fantastic job last week, helping us to understand the potential you. And so his three words, if you're going to find what the spiritual gift is, who God made you spiritually, you have to engage with people 
because the gift isn't for you, it's for others, so you have to engage. And then once you do engage, it gets affirmed. People around you will affirm that gift and say, man, I see this in you. When you do this, it, I was benefited. When you did that thing that, that blessed the rest of the body, it's a good sign you just used your spiritual gift. So that's what we've been talking about, is the fact that you're here, existing as a human, because God thought of you and wanted you here for a distinct purpose. And then you receive him into your life, and now spiritually, you're gifted for the benefit of the church, for the body. Every one of you has that. Now let me just say, I just want to, I'll say it right here. If, 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 you, if you're engaging in this topic and still are new in it, Next week, we're starting the class called Your Divine Design. And one of the things we're trying to get better here at K2 is to help all of you to really grow in your relationship with God. And so if you don't know, still, like, I don't know what my gift is. I'm not sure what I should be doing here. I can't encourage you enough. Sign up. You can sign up on our app. You can, um, in your program, that card has a little box. You can check it. Your Divine Design starts next week. It's on Sunday morning. So you can still come to the service and take the class, all right? So I encourage you to do that. So where are we going today? Well, here's what I know. I'm here, created uniquely. Certain personality, talents, abilities, unique in and of myself because of who God made. I also know that when I put my faith in Christ, he did give me gifts. And, but what I realized is I wanted every one of you in this room to understand that you can be fully designed by God, you can be fully equipped with gifts from God, and yet they can actually not be producing anything powerfully. So here's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk about the powerful you. Every one of you in this room, if I could grab you by the face and look you in the eye, I would. And I wish that, and maybe, and that's what I hope the Holy Spirit will do today. I pray that he will speak to you and help you realize every one of you in this room has unlimited power and God wants you to be powerful in him so if you're going to discover you discover the natural you the spiritual you the potential you and today let's discover the powerful you okay so let's pray and in your own heart as I pray okay I, 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 thanks for giving up your morning it's beautiful out there my guess is the only reason you're here is that you're hoping that you'll engage with the real God. That's why we're here. I hope you will too. I believe with all my heart he wants to speak to you this morning, okay? So open up your heart right now as I pray. Jesus, thank you for your word to us this morning. Thank you that every person in this room is your idea, that you designed them exactly as you wanted them to be. And thank you for this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. And then thank you that you make us, every one of us in this room, absolutely indispensable and critical to what you want to do. You gift us for a very specific reason. But this morning, God, 
I pray that you would help us to understand how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit so that our life makes an impact for the people around us, for this church, and for the world, and for you. So Lord, have your way. Speak as you wish, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here we go. 2 Timothy, chapter 1. Paul's the the writer of this letter, and he's the church planter, um, ultimate church planter who is planting churches all over the place. He's writing to his young disciple named Timothy, and he's trying to encourage Timothy. And here's what he says to him. He starts off and he says, for this reason. Now, in the first five verses before six, what he said was, Timothy, here's what I know about you. You have sincere faith. You have sincere faith. So for every one of you in this room, if you, if you have sincere faith, in other words, it's real, it's genuine, you actually really trust Jesus. He goes, for, the reason, for that reason, he goes, I want to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands for the spirit that God gave us does not make us fearful or timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So, apparently, according to this scripture, you can actually have a gift. But, and, and this would be my guess for almost every one of us in this room, I know it's true for every one of us, your gift could get fanned into flame. And so for some of you, your, your, your gift, I, I, and again, I think that some of you, 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 you have a gift, but it's like you've, you've put the wood together, right? And it's all there, it's all set, and you just, some of you just need to light the match, okay? And I'm, I don't want to go into this, because this is not my message today, we, but for three weeks, I, I do feel like I need to, I was praying on the way in here this morning, I just want to say this as lovingly and as firmly as I can today, and that is this. If you've been here these last three weeks and you're a Christian, then you know this. You have a spiritual gift for the church. And Jesus has told you point blank, use it. Use it. And and so if you're not using your gift that God gave you for the church, then you're saying no to God. That's called disobedience. And I want to tell you this. If you're longing to have a deep intimate spiritual relationship with God, but you tell God no, guess what? (laughs) You don't get it. It's not that he's not there. It's not that he doesn't want to totally infuse you with his presence. So for some of you, this morning, your action step is when you walk out of here and you go down the hallway and there's a table that says, hey, you can sign up for any way to serve. You just need to jump in. You just need to listen to what he's already told you. I've gifted you. You matter to me. You matter to this place. So do that. But here's, here's the other thing. Is apparently we can have this gift and it can be like an ember. It can be glowing. It can have some existence. It can be doing something. But apparently it can be fanned into flame. That you can have a gift and it's not being powerfully used. And I just want to tell you, I have completely experienced this. 
And, and, and the example that comes to my mind immediately was um, years ago, um, I went to, after I gave my life to Christ, I went to a Christian college down in Wilmore, Kentucky, uh, called Asbury College. That was a, wow, I got a hoop. Sweet. <laughs> so, and, um, and Asbury was a great school. But uh, when I, afterwards, my brother-in-law, he invited me at Asbury every year, the big event is fall revival. It's huge. People pray for every, they, do, they can't wait to see God do massive stuff at fall revival. And my brother-in-law got asked to speak, and then he asked me to come and speak with him. And so I, it, was, it was very intimidating for me to go back to my school and have all my professors sitting there in this whole Hughes Chapel, which is this holy place where God shows up, right? And the first night, I was supposed to sing this song, because um, I used to sing. And uh, it's funny, I know. And uh, I was sitting there up on the platform looking out at everybody, and I was so scared. But I had this, and I chose this really simple song. It wasn't something grand. It was just very simple that talked about completely giving my life over to Christ, just surrendering everything to Jesus. So while I was sitting there, I was just like, Jesus, please, all I want to do, I just, I just want to walk up. I remember thinking, when I walk up to that platform, would you actually just walk up to that platform? And would you just sing through me? Just, and, and while I was praying, out of this sense of fearfulness almost inside, all of a sudden they introduced me and I had to go up. And I remember I just, <laughs> I got up to this thing and I sang this simple little song. And I remember when it got done, there was, you could feel the presence of God in that room. It was weird. And the next, that night, and the whole next day, when I walked around campus, every, tons of people would grab me and go, are you the guy who sang that song? Thank you so much for singing that song. Somehow, God showed up in that song. It was weird. So then, they asked my sister and I to do a duet three nights later. So Diane and I picked this song, and it was a great song, man. It had tons of energy. It was powerful. We practiced it, man. We got up there. We sang it, and we kicked it out. I'm seriously, like, I mean, it was just bam. It was this huge ending, and the song got done, and people went. <laughs> it was like golf clap, totally. <laughs> and I remember we got done, and I'm like, what a completely different experience. I did the same thing. I sang for him, or did I? And what I realized is you can be used by God powerfully, and you can do stuff, and nothing really happens. So that's what I want to talk about today. And here's what I want to let you know, man. Two things we're going to look at. Power and love. So I guess we need Huey Lewis, don't we? Anybody want to sing the power of love? Let's do that. But power and love. And here's what I want to say, please, as I share this message with you. We need you. Every one of you in this room, we need you. I taught you this two weeks ago. Your faith is individual between you and God, but it is not individual in the sense 
that what you do affects everybody else in this room. We are a body and we are interconnected. So, for this reason, I want to remind you to fan into flame the gift that God has given you. For he did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of power and love. So here we go. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 21. Paul says this. He goes, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. So if we're going to fan this flame, this gift, into flame, here's what we need to understand. He goes, because what, what you've received is a spirit of power. Now what that word means, power, it simply means the ability to do something. And it means, in fact, it does something. That's what the word power means. It means action. It means it has effect. So what the Bible is saying is, as soon as you receive the Holy Spirit inside of you, you now have power. You have ability. You're supposed to be acting and moving. I think that's why Jesus said, my father's always at work, and I too am working. God is powerful. He's always doing something. Now he's given you his spirit, and it's a spirit of power so that we'll do stuff. Now, isn't this interesting? He said, you were not given a spirit of fear. Because when you're afraid, what happens? You don't do anything. Fear paralyzes us. It keeps us from moving. Now, and I, I remember, I shared this a few weeks ago, that when I was talking to people in our, our last crash course about what inhibits you from contributing to the church. And almost every person in that class said fear. Now, th think about this. If fear is what's keeping you from engaging, is that of God? Okay, now I want you to answer me. If fear is inhibiting you from engaging in the church, is that of God? See, no, 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 seriously. I want you to take that seriously. If it's not of God, then what is fear from? It is definitely of our spiritual enemy because he does not want you to be powerful. He does not want you to be blessing the world. He doesn't want you to be completely fulfilled in who you are as a person. Fear is always of the enemy. There is nothing of fear in the spirit of God. And I want to tell you, man, last year that was a huge lesson for me. To realize that when I have fear rising up within me that's holding me back, God was so gracious to me to say, David, you need to understand, that's never me. I am a spirit of power and of love. And both of those words mean you move. So, how do you fan this gift into flame? How do you plug into the power that's there? Well, he says, in this, in this verse, he goes, I'm praying that the spirit will strengthen you with power through your spirit in your inner being so Christ will dwell in your heart through faith. So somehow... Faith is how we really get the power going, okay? Let me give you four quick things here 
about how faith, what we need faith in. The first thing is this. If you want to have power in your life, you have to have faith to surrender. You have to have faith to surrender. And this is what fans your gift into flame. I want to strengthen you with power so Christ will dwell in your heart. And here's, you guys, what I've learned, I would say, in the last week or, or, or last year or two, is the power that the Holy Spirit actually gives me is the power to surrender. That's why this Jack Johnson song was so interesting to me. Because what Jesus Christ did is he turned everything upside down. For 20-some years, I'd read the verses in Scripture talking about the power of God. I'm like, I want the power. <laughs> you know? And guess what? I'm never going to have the power. I'm not the power. Isn't that good news? <laughs> that felt weird even to say. You're not the power. The Holy Spirit is the power. And so the only way that this happens is the power of Christ. What you realize, realize about Jesus is the power that Jesus had in and of himself, what made him so beautiful, is he was completely surrendered to his Father. He said over and over and over again, I do nothing on my own. But whatever the Father tells me to do, I do. The reason Jesus Christ was so powerful is because he was in perfect union with God, the Father. And the only way you and I can ever actually be powerful in our life is to be in union with the Spirit of God. And now our battle every single day is that I want to do my thing instead of what God wants. And here's what you need to understand. Every time your will clashes with God's will, which is like, like what, like 100 times a day, right? <laughs> when your will clashes with God's will, and you choose his instead of yours, you just died. You just surrendered. You just rose your hands up and said, I give in and I'll do what you want me to do instead. And I want to tell you, the resurrection power of Christ followed what? The crucifixion. <laughs> you have to die to yourself first. You have to surrender first. The power of the Christian life is the person who actually trusts in God. <laughs> And is not trying to be in control yourself. You guys, there's no other way to be powerful except to be completely humble. That's the beauty of Jesus. That's why he said when you lose your life, you find it. And so for us to have, if you want to fan flame, fan the flame of your gift, the first thing today that you need to decide, decide to do is will you put your hands up in absolute surrender to God and say, God, I'll do anything that you want me to do. I, I, I want to tell you, this is so huge because the Bible says <clears throat> that we can actually be filled with the Spirit of God. And I, I always used to think that was like a, a glass, right? Like this thing, I'm going to fill it with water. But that's not how it is. Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit is like the wind, Right Now, if you were going to fan f uh, your flame, what do you use? <laughs> you use, right? You, you use your wind. You, you blow on it. When, when wind comes in, the flame comes up. The Holy Spirit 
Jesus said, is like the wind. And so the way that you get filled with the Holy Spirit so that your life is powerful is every time, it's, it's really not the picture of, gla- of, of water filling a glass, it's the picture of wind filling a sail. And every time you say yes to God, you hoist your sail. Because here's what's true, you guys. The Spirit of God, if you're a Christian, the Spirit of God is inside you. And he's always working. The wind is always blowing. Our problem as humans, the reason you're not living a powerful life, is instead of hoisting your sail, you're down here with some oars going, I got it. Right? You want to be in control. You hoist your sail, it's going to take you. You're like, oh, I'll just turn a little here. Right? And so you're laboring, trying to be in control. You and I weren't created to be in control. We believe he's in control. And when you trust him completely with your life, you hoist your sail, the spirit fills you up, and now he takes you on a journey. That's why we call K2 the church an adventure with God. Because I have found in 30 years of walking with him, every time I hoist my sail, he fills it. And it's only the only time I experience the power of God in my life is when I give up my life to him. In fact, I, I want to tell you, I think that's really the only way to find your spiritual gift. I think the way you really find it, Mike was right, you have to engage. You need people to affirm it. We have the test. Do all that stuff. But here's what I know. If you surrender your life, all of it, to Jesus, then your sail will be up. And the Holy Spirit will, you will have power. And he will move you and you will do stuff. You will. And then, guess what? Because you're doing stuff, you engaged and people affirmed what you did. So number one, most important thing here today is will you surrender all of who you are to Jesus Christ? If you will, the power of God will move in you and you will do stuff that you never could have done on your own. You will do stuff that will be a blessing to the world, to Jesus, to yourself. But it only happens through surrender. So you need faith to surrender. Number two, you need faith to confess. He gives us power, right? Strengthen you with power in your, in your inner being so Christ will dwell in your heart through faith. Well, I'm going to tell you, man, number two, you need faith to confess. Confessing fans your gift into flame. Because here's what the Bible tells us. You and I, we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. Did you guys know that? <laughs> the Bible also says we can quench him. Isn't that interesting? Inter- interesting choice of words. Fan into flame or quench it. So here's what the Bible says. It's, it's very clear in 1 John chapter 1. He says that what fellowship can light have with darkness? None. Light and darkness can't be together at the same time. So what it says is, if you claim to have fellowship with God, but walk in the darkness, the Bible says you lie. And who are you lying to? Yeah, to yourself. More than to anybody else. I want to make this really clear here today. If you're living, living 
in sin, if you're doing stuff right now today that God you know is not of God and he doesn't want you to do, and yet you're claiming, no, God and I are good, that's not true. Because light can't have fellowship with darkness. And so for some of you in here, you're going, man, where's the peace? Where's the joy? Where's the love? Where's the power? Well, it's from the Holy Spirit. But if you're living in darkness, then you're totally quenching him. You're grieving him. So all the Spirit's doing right now, instead of, instead of blowing wind into your sail, he's just been convicting you. He's just been trying to help you to see, dude, you got to stop doing this. Or you need to start doing this thing that I'm asking you to do. And so for some of you today, the greatest news, though, is that's why in 1 John, right after he tells us this, he goes, so if you confess your sins, what? God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. Your cell goes back up. And that's, it's, it's, it's literally as simple as that. And I want to tell you it's true because I've sinned a lot. And I've confessed a lot. And I've experienced God's forgiveness a lot. And some of you, today, you walked in here in darkness. You walked in here doing things that God doesn't want you to do. And you feel powerless. And you cannot be the person that you want to be. And all you have to do today is confess your sin to God. And let him be faithful and just to forgive you through Christ. And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And your sail will be hoisted, and I bet you any money, you'll walk out of here, and you will feel a fresh wind. In the book of Acts, I love it, it says, confess your sins and repent, so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So, if you want to fan your flame of your gift, some of you guys, it's just not powerful because there's sin in your life. Confess it, let him forgive it, and walk out of here different than your way you came in. So, faith to surrender, faith to confess, Here's a really interesting one. Faith in weakness fans your gift into flame. You need to be weak. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says this. Because he was really struggling. Life was really hard for Paul at this time. And he kept asking God, please, God, please, please, come and rescue me. Do something in me. And then he said, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. What a mystery. Talk about being upside down. Like, wait, no, shouldn't I have my act together? See, here's what this basically means, you guys. Perfect means complete. Again, the reason Jesus was so powerful is the Bible says that he emptied himself. He had no self at all. He completely humbled himself. And it was that emptying, that having no will of his own, that weakness, the beauty of Jesus again, is his submission and his emptiness and his weakness. Because in light of that, the Holy Spirit filled him. He was filled with the Spirit of God. And so for some of you in this room, the reason you're not powerful, and this is so weird to say, but I'm going to say it, is because you're too full of what? Oh, okay, I don't have to say it. You guys know. Thank you. It's because you're too full of yourself. Some of the reason you're not powerful is because you're like, I can do this, and I'm going to do it, and I'm in control, and there's so, you're so full of your own effort, the Spirit doesn't have any room. 
The beauty of Jesus is humble yourself, (laughs) empty yourself, and watch. The Holy Spirit will come. You'll be a different person. Now, on the other hand, (laughs) for some of you, it's just the opposite. Some of you have no power, not because you're so full of yourself. Some of you you have no power because you feel so worthless. You're not weak. You feel worthless. And the last thing I need to tell you is you need faith, too, in love. You need to trust in Jesus and his love for you. And I want to tell you what, this fans your gift into flame once you realize you're loved. And all of you in this room are. And that's why in Ephesians, again, chapter 3, it says this, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the whole measure of the fullness of God. How's that sound? Being filled to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Talk about power. See, but that power comes when you understand, oh, the screen's not big enough, when you understand how loved you are. Because I'm telling you this, man, if you don't know you're loved, then you'll be full of fear. You're gonna be filled with insecurity. You're going to be filled with fear of rejection. You're going to be filled with fear of failure. But man, when you know you're loved, it sets you free. And so, man, how can you know that you're loved? He says, I want you to know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Isn't this interesting? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So it's not just getting it in your head. That's what he's trying to tell you. It's beyond head knowledge. It is heart knowledge. It is deeply knowing in your gut that you are loved by God. And the only way you can know that for sure is through Jesus Christ. you got to know how long and wide and high and deep is. How wide is his Jesus love? It's wide enough for anyone. The powerless, ungodly sinner is who Jesus loves. That's all of you in this room. So it's, it's that wide. How long is it? It was planned from the beginning of time, and he promises to complete it into eternity. He, how long is it? It's so long, it has no beginning and no end. That's how long Jesus' love is for you. It doesn't start because you're good. It doesn't end because you're bad. He loves you now, and he'll love you forever. How high is it? It's so high that Jesus is saying, I want you to share in my glory. I want you to be like me. I want your, my joy to be in you so your joy is complete. I want to give you my peace. I want to give you my love. I want to put my spirit inside of you. I love you so much that my love is so high, I want to lift you up to the heavenlies and that you can experience life like I am. That's how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love? It's so deep that he would come down from heaven into the dredges of this life, suffer and die, and go to the depths of hell for you. That's how deep it is. See, man, I'm telling you what. That changes everything. People who know they're loved by God. You have not been given a spirit of fear. You have been given a spirit of power and of love. And power and love move.
Love is a verb. Do you guys know that? It's not a feeling. It's, a, it's, an, it's just an action. You move. So, last thing. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31. So uh, everything Mike and I have been teaching from, Paul teaches spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts, all through chapter 12. And then at the very end, he says this. Yet, I'm going to show you the most excellent way. Can I say, anybody else think of Bill and Ted as soon as I said that? <laughs> I just read that this morning in the run-through, and I'm like, how can I not go? Okay. First Corinthians 12, 31. So Paul's totally teaching about spiritual gifts, but then he says this. Now let me show you the most excellent way. In the very next verse, he says this. If I speak in the tongues of men of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith even that can move a mountain, but do not have love, I am, say it, nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, if I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain what? Nothing. See, here's the other thing we need to understand, you guys. Because love is always, it's for you, not for me. That's what love is. See, there's no power, no impact in a gift that is used without love because that means God's not in it. Because God is love. And so one of the things, the other reason, some of you go, man, I just don't, I, I'm, I'm serving, I'm doing stuff, I'm using things, but here's what he says. But if it's not out of love, it does, it's just like you're a gong, man. Like, ah, stop speaking, right? You're nothing. There's no power. So for some of you today, that, and I know for me, this is a big one for me where I have to sit before God all the time and just help him. Now, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for me? Or am I doing this to love? Oh, you guys. The spirit that's inside me. If you're a Christian, the spirit that's inside you is one of power. If he's in you, you move. You do it. You, you throw up your hands in absolute faith, and he moves you. And God's stuff starts getting done. And it will always also be the spirit of love. You will always do it for the benefit of of the other instead of yourself. Can you imagine? Imagine yourself with your sail lifted high. Scary, isn't it? Because the Spirit of God will blow you. It says you have no idea where it came from and you have no idea where it's going. That's why we do this. I don't know if I really wanted to give Jesus my life. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You were created for him. You'll never discover you. You'll never find your life until you lose it. And he will fill you with love. He will set you free. And you will impact this world that needs Jesus so bad. So as the band comes up, I want to tell you, man, the worship this morning it was divinely chosen the songs we're going to sing please just don't sing some songs okay but we're these songs i'm asking you engage with your heart fully and completely 
Because here's what I want to ask you to do this morning. Is I just want to encourage you with all my being. Surrender today. Some of you just need to go, we need you. I'm telling you, the world needs you. And Jesus created you to do great stuff. So raise your hands up and surrender your life to God. Is there anything you won't do that he's asking you to do? Give it up today and surrender to him and watch what he does. Watch how the power of the risen Christ will overwhelm you and move you. You'll be freaked out. And then secondly, some of you today confess your sin. Confess it today. Are you not powerful because there's junk in your life? Is there stuff you're doing and the Spirit has been telling you, please stop today. Lay it before him. Confess it and repent. Turn in the other direction and watch times of refreshing come. Watch the wind of the Spirit of God blow in you. And you will be completely different. And you'll have power today. So stand with me. And here's what we're going to do. Go ahead, you can stand with me. <laughs> here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our offering like we do. The offering is, I, I, you know, it's so funny. One of the most beautiful things about this offering is God, this is one of those areas where he said, hey, trust me. I'm going to give you this, and I want you to return back to me what's mine. <laughs> I just want you to return to me a tenth of what's mine. Trust me. Surrender in this way. And watch what God does. He goes, man, test me in this and watch if I'm not faithful. So what a perfect time to take our offering, to give back to him so he can use the resource to bless this world. But then as we do, oh, you guys, sing with your heart. Tell him with all your soul. Get on your knees if you have to. And let Jesus Christ know, I want to be who you created me to be. I'm going to lose my life today. I'm going to surrender you today. I'm going to let you fill me today. Empower me to live a life of glory and love for you. Let's do it together.